there, I'm Rebecca Carter and welcome back to Not Nosy, the podcast where I talk to artists that I know and admire about their life and their art. Today we have Dan Go, Daniel Go, Tinderlocks on the podcast and uh, this is an interview that was a long time coming. It's interesting that we have two episodes of artists in Australia back to back, but that's what happened. Um, Tinderlocks has been integral in me starting this podcast. You'll hear him in just a moment in a variety of ways, and you'll see what I mean in just a second. But we have had trouble scheduling this interview just due to the time difference. Sometimes I don't know. I, I don't know if it has to do with daylight savings time, but there were, it seemed like we were always between 14 and 16 hours different from each other. He's uh, ahead of me. The, the timing was just impossible. And we finally made it work. And I'm so glad we did. He's crazy talented. He probably doesn't give himself enough credit. He's incredibly kind and welcoming and helpful. And uh, on top of that, just the talent is through the roof. He is a musician, a sound designer, and sound mixer based out of Melbourne, Australia. He was also recently featured in Band Together with Logic, a collaboration between Logic and Hit Record for YouTube Originals, and we get into a little bit of the behind the scenes on that too, which I found really interesting. So I can't wait to share with you this interview with Dan Go. I've got an exciting project that I want to tease. It's a collaborative book. And when I say collaborative, I mean collaborative in two ways. One, in that I'm working with some other artists. And you'd know these artists um, through this podcast. If you've listened, episode two, Tia Levings, episode four, Sarah Webster, episode eight, Jake Olson. And we're working together to uh, make a project that we run through Kickstarter, but that the donors will be able to collaborate, to contribute in order to um, potentially be featured in this book. And it is a book kind of geared towards parents. It's a family-friendly book. I'm so excited to talk more about it once it's ready. So stay tuned. We'll be talking more about it hopefully here, but also on social media. And yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to kind of whisper it in your ear so that when you hear about it again, you're ready, okay? Because Kickstarter... Uh, is driven through donors and we want to make a book with you so stay tuned but we we finally did that we did it finally you finally have to move. now i have my own dedicated room studio. You're living the dream, Tenderlocks. Tenderlocks. Yeah, I have yeah. a tr- I have trouble calling you Dan. Dan. A Daniel? lot of people still call me Tinder or TL or <laughs> T Locks or whatever. <laughs> uh, most people in my you know real real life call me Dan. Dan. That's how yeah. you grew up. So first thing people hear as they're hearing this, we're gonna come straight in off of the theme song which you yes. made. And so I wanted yes. to just spend a little time talking about the theme song. I love it so much, first of all. Like, literally, every time I hear it, I just smile. It's Aww. it's so nice. <laughs> and um, and I didn't 
It's certainly not anything I thought we would land on. And I also recognize I'm a really bad customer for something like this because I don't even have words to explain what I want. And I also don't have any clue of what I want. Like this kind of thing or like logos. I'm like, I just want, you know, like very me. (laughs) You sent me so many options and I looked back yesterday. We landed on the option number one. Yeah, yeah. It happens. It happens. What's your process for something like that? It's, It's pretty much just come up with an idea and then do a a really basic framework recording of that and then come up with another idea. I mean, something like what uh, I had to do for you, it was a very, very short jingle. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it meant that I could come up with quite a few ideas quite quickly because it was so short. Right. And just sent them to you. I mean, I've, I've done a jingle for a YouTube channel that was a very similar kind of style. And I'm pretty sure they chose the first or the second option that I gave them as well. <laughs> but, I mean, it just happens. You know, um, often with music, it's it's very, very subjective. Right. And, and you don't really know if it's going to work until you try it out. Uh, and you put it for you in the podcast and you put it with words and stuff like that. I find doing music for other people quite challenging because, yeah, it is it is very subjective. And when someone says, I want something happy, it's like, <laughs> well, you could do a hundred different types of happy. <laughs> so I'm not sure which one of the hundred that you would like. So it's it, it can be a little bit of it's a stab hard. in the dark sometimes. But having reference tracks does help. But Sometimes it makes it worse because sometimes people just want it exactly the same. Right. But not the same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If it's not exactly that song, they don't like it. But then at the same time, it can't be. Yeah. Because I've I've done scoring for like short films as well. And and sometimes directors will have just what's called a temp track. So Mm -hmm. it's just a temporary track of, of some other score from some other great movie and they'll have it in there and they get so attached to it that you pretty much have to copy it to make him or her happy and it's it's just really frustrating and it it is a big problem actually in the film industry at the moment especially with marvel films superhero films all the music sounds the same because they're using other action superhero movies as a reference and then they're copying that and then someone else is copying that one and then it's like well all the music just sounds the same yeah (laughs) i was actually hearing on a podcast someone talking about that i think it was the armchair expert podcast that i listened to with dax shepherd and he Uh was talking about how and they'll put in a temp track and they'll put in like you know one of the best songs ever made. And it's like, well, we don't have, <laughs> there's nowhere to go from there, you know? It's, yeah, it's like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, especially when, when you don't have access to a full orchestra or a, a thousand bells or something right. that is in some sort of, some score that is the temp track. It's like, well, how how do I even... How, I can't, I can't even fathom getting anywhere close to how this sounds right. because I just don't have the same tools and the same uh, musicians available to me. Yeah. When you score something, are you doing all the instruments yourself and you're just layering them or do you ever work with other musicians? Yeah, I mean, I've I've worked with other musicians before. I mean, the short films I work on, I've no budget, right. zero budget, micro budget sort of films. So they don't have the budget 
to sort of allow for having extra musicians. So most of the time, it's just me playing everything. Uh, I do use um, plugins though, so I'll use um, VST, so virtual instruments like strings and brass and that sort of stuff. I, I use a whole bunch of stuff for for the the jingle that I did for you. Meaning like if it was a Casio keyboard or something, you're playing like a piano type thing and it's coming out another instrument? Or how are you doing Yeah, it? so I'm using a MIDI controller, so it's just a keyboard, okay. um, but it, you play it and you can use different plugins, so you can ha- you can load up a, a violin plugin and then you can play it on the keyboard and it sounds like a violin. But because the the virtual instruments are getting are so sophisticated and so uh, realistic now, because they are actually sampling real instruments, like when you're playing the violin, it's actually a sampled real violin that you're playing. It sounds exactly the same. Uh, obviously, the more money you spend, the better it sounds. So I don't have the best sound libraries, uh, instrument libraries that I could afford. Uh, so sometimes I'm a little bit just not quite satisfied with how it sounds. As much as I can, I try to use real instruments. So I do have a guitar and a bass guitar and many, many percussion instruments that I use. And if I could own every single instrument in the world, I probably would because <laughs> I just just constantly collecting instruments. And I learned them enough to play and record, and that's about it. So I have instruments, but I can't play them well. <laughs> just, just enough to record a song yeah. or a piece of music. Not to do a whole concert on, huh? No, so I've never, I've never, I've seen myself as a performer. I'm more of a like a, a songwriter slash composer. Right. Um. So I, I, I write the music and I, I play them, play them instruments well enough to record the music, but I would never be able to do like a live concert or or whatever. Uh, I'm not that sort of musician. I'm not a performer. Right. But you started. So I want to go back to when you started learning, you started really young. Did you start on the piano? Yeah, so I started learning piano when I was about seven, maybe, which is actually not really that young in kids learning piano terms. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I started piano when I was seven and I, I played all the grades and everything. I did exams and stuff. Uh, I picked up flute when I was about maybe 13, 14. Mm. Uh, and played flute for a few years. And then after I finished high school, uh, I started learning guitar. Well, I started teaching myself guitar. Um, And then because I was getting... So I grew up with classical music, so that sort of classical background, composition and that sort of thing. But through high school, you know, like no one listens to classical music in high school. People listen to, you know, rock music or punk and Uh all the great popular music on the radio and so I started listening to that and so I was wanting to play guitar so I taught myself guitar and and then I I was in a few bands for a while I played bass and it's just a natural progression and then because I'm making rock music you know I want to be able to record it so I learned how to record and then Went, uh, moved to Australia, studied um, audio engineering, and then that led to film. And then now I'm in more into like sound design and sound mixing for film. Cool. Short story, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> abridged. That's okay. We got time. 
I saw on Hit Record that you had started learning piano at seven and that you started composing like a year later. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was it was technically composing, but I wouldn't say I was anything good. What what do you mean? Like you're making up your own songs? Were you writing music like yeah. on paper? Like Yeah. 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 So I was just composing little short pieces of music. And because classical music, it, it's all very theoretical as well. So I knew how to write music and, and notate it and right. stuff. But yeah, I've, I've, always, I've always kind of written and, and composed music ever since I was little. And so it wasn't something that your parents had to make you do. You really enjoyed doing it. Uh, I still had to practice. And like, uh, I don't think anyone enjoys practicing scales mm-hmm. and on the piano it's not it's not fun mm-hmm. uh so it's it was still my my parents still had to you know encourage me a little but like hey, you should practice your scales now <laughs> but yeah no i really enjoyed it i i i've music has always been something that i i just have to do i have to create and i have to listen to mm-hmm. music um it's 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 not just an outlook it's 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 like yeah, I don't know. It's it's something that I have to do. I've always, even before I joined Hit Record, and and I wasn't in bands at the time. I was just writing music and recording music for myself, and it wasn't for anything. I wasn't trying to release an album or anything like that. It was just music that I wanted to make and I wanted to get it down and recorded. And that's it's always kind of been how I've approached music. It's it's not. I've never really approached it with a sense of being famous or, you know, getting signed to a record label or anything. It's always just been for my own, I don't know, well-being. Yeah, you just it's just part of your day. You just feel like you got to do it. Let me back up for a second. I read, so you were born in China? No, I was, no. So I'm, I was born in Malaysia. So you I'm, I've, born in Malaysia. I've got Chinese, yeah, I was, I've got Chinese heritage. Okay. So, my my mum and my uh, biological father, who I, I don't know who he is, uh, are Chinese, and my grandparents moved from China. So I've got Chinese blood, but uh-huh. I was born in Malaysia. Malaysia is kind of a, a big melting pot of different cultures. Like, I don't know whether you've been there before, but there, there are no. kind of three main uh, nationalities of Malaysia. There are the Chinese, uh, the Malays, and uh, Indian. Okay. And the Malays are a lot darker, um, almost like Indonesians. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, so I was Chinese. Uh-huh. And I live, I lived in Malaysia for the first five years of my life, and then my mum separated from my, my biological father, and then we moved to New Zealand, of okay. all places. Uh, and then I, I lived my most of my life in New Zealand, although I have now lived in Australia for 12 years. Right. Oh, wow, 12 so. years already. Yeah. And yes. you moved to Australia. <laughs> you moved to Australia for college, university. Yeah, so we call it university here. Yeah, college sorry. is the same I as know. high school. <laughs> I, I even have all of my notes. All I wrote was university, and then out comes the word college from my mouth. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, actually, I studied university in in Wellington, New Zealand. Uh, so I studied composition, music composition, uh, for a few years. But I actually dropped out. I never actually finished my degree. Oh. And everyone tells me, why didn't you finish your degree? You only had one more year, but uh, I don't know. It just wasn't my thing at the time. I was, I was kind of moving away from the classical 
training and more into the, the rock alternative band mm-hmm. scene. Uh, and so it just wasn't what I was interested in at the time. And so I after I, I dropped out of university, I just kind of worked for a while and just tried to find myself, <laughs> uh, figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And then I realized I wanted to learn how to um, record. Uh-huh. Um, so audio engineering and in New Zealand at the time there were two places that you could learn audio engineering uh, one of them was way down south and I don't want to live in the South Island it's too cold oh, okay. uh, and the other place was in Auckland which uh, is just a really boring city in New Zealand that I there's, there's, there's a rivalry in New Zealand between Wellingtonians and <laughs> Aucklanders so the Aucklanders are like it's it's a bigger city it's more of a, a rat race it's more business orientated lots of um, it's just a very fast paced corporate city uh-huh. whereas Wellington's very cultured everyone's arty and okay. the music's great and uh, and so I didn't want to live in Auckland. Why would I want to live in Auckland? So I decided, why don't we move to Australia? Because Australia is cool and different and new, and I'd never lived outside of New Zealand. So, yeah, I moved to Australia to study audio engineering. And it was great because cause I, I kind of, I was more mature. I was 24, I think. And so I knew what I wanted to get out of education, out of university. So um, it was a lot more fulfilling. Right. I can imagine. Going back as a, not as a mature student, uh-huh. but an older student yeah. than, than a dumb 19, 18-year-old. Uh, and so I really got what I wanted out of the, the degree that I did, whereas everyone else was just slacking off and, and not yeah. turning up to class and not giving a shit. <laughs> I think it was a good time. I needed that space away from education to really uh, benefit from it. Yeah, gosh, I think back to college and if there was anyone that was older. I remember one of the girls was married and it was just so weird. It was just like, she's like, I'm going to do a full cleaning of my house this weekend. And I'm like, what? And yeah. She's like, yeah. I'm going to do the baseboards. I'm going to do... And I'm like, what are you talking... What are baseboards? I was like, I didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's oh. definitely a divide between uh, just a couple of years. It, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. So did that wind up in being a degree for you? Yeah. So I didn't learn... Uh, so audio engineering uh, over here isn't... It's not like an academic degree, so you wouldn't go to like the University of Melbourne to study audio engineering. Um, You'd go to what what we call TAFE, uh, which is kind of like a... Like a trade school? uh, Yeah, kind of like a trade school. So like the the institute that I went to, it's called uh, JMC Academy, and they also teach uh, performance, uh, music performance. They teach uh, film. They teach animation. They teach. Um, yeah. Okay. I think they teach music business as well, so it's all kind of media orientated. Right. Uh, whereas universities, I think they're changing now, um, but universities were more academic, like science. And right. Maths. You had to have the full the full package at university, whereas this is teaching you what you need to know for this kind of job. 
Yeah, but in saying that, my my audio engineering degree was a bl- was a very blanket audio course. So I learned about studio recording. I learned about acoustic treatment. I learned about uh, live recordings. I learned about orchestral recordings. I learned about film sound. Mm. But I only wanted to know about film sound <laughs> by the time I got to the third year, uh, and so. Oh, All of this long, other stuff. It was a long was, thing. It was three years, three, four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. it was a it's long like thing. A, like, like a degree. Yeah, like a real degree. <laughs> uh, and even it, it it does say it's an audio engineering degree, but all of those other things, even though I didn't need them directly, they have definitely helped me in the long run. Right. And I appreciated all of those other classes that I didn't think would even be uh, applicable to me now but they they definitely are well like we had a copyright class and it was so boring we had to learn about copyright and all these <laughs> legislations and all the blah 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 but it's actually really really you need to know that stuff if i yeah i do need to know this stuff if i want to release music into the world were the people the other people taking the the courses were many of them musicians or no every single one of them yeah was a musician okay yeah like a hundred percent Wow. All of them were musicians because it's it's generally musicians in bands they want to learn how to record mm-hmm. so they they go and do an audio engineering degree okay to learn how to record but I mean that's not all that we learned but generally pretty much ninety nine percent of my class were just musicians wanting to record their band right and that's how it is yeah. <laughs> Did you meet people there that you collaborated with or anything? Or Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I find collaborating musically with people in real life really hard for oh. some reason. Like it's, it's people have lives and, and people live in different parts of the city. And so organizing like, hey, let's meet here and record something takes so much time and effort. Whereas finding hit record was just like, a ray of sunshine for me because it's I could not I didn't have to leave my house <laughs> I could just record in my bedroom and I would be collaborating with someone from the UK who was also recording in their bedroom but we were still making music together and I didn't have to organize like carpooling or rehearsal space bookings or right. I don't know oh, all that sort of stuff yeah I think it's just sort of my nature like i I prefer I'm I'm generally more of a kind of shy reserved person and so I like to just be in the comfort of my own home uh, instead of going out into the right you know scary world, world and <laughs> and book rehearsal studios but I mean I've done that I've done that as well I've I've been in in bands and and jam bands where we do, where we have done that but it does take a lot more effort right that's interesting I know I get that kind of that anxiety too even just to do this i get nervous like in the morning like before the call or something i'm like sick to my stomach and i know everybody more or less that i'm gonna talk to but i still get sick about it and then i think about well what if i did an in-person one and i'm like right there in person in front of the other person Mm. in the same room and i think and it's the same i'm like do I need another microphone? Where would we sit? How would we? And just the whole thing. And I'm just like, it's so much easier this way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have recorded an interview with uh, for a potential podcast that 
never quite got off the ground Mm -hmm. um and it was recording in in person and we had three microphones set up and it was a nightmare because there was all the microphones were different microphones and the sound wasn't ideal and because recording through the internet we're in our own booths right Uh like there's there's no bleed of your uh voice through my microphone right there's none of mine in your microphone so um sometimes recording through Skype or Zoom, like this is actually better <laughs> than we're recording in person. That's interesting. Uh, in terms of quality. Um, but you, you mentioned getting nervous betwe- uh, before recording these. Uh, me and Conrad have guests on, uh, on our podcast um, sometimes, and we have no idea who they are. We right. don't even know them. Oh, so it's always like, oh, I hope they're nice. <laughs> I hope they... They know what our podcast is all right, about. Right, I hope they've listened. We'll be willing to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a lot, it's, uh, half of them have never listened to our podcast and <laughs> before, even before um, we record. Uh, and some of them do. Right. So they have an idea. And it's it's way better when they do. But um, So it's it's all, it's a bit of a toying cost whether they will be cool and and interesting and and also considerate uh, as well um yeah and we've been really lucky we have been really lucky pretty much every every single guest that we've had have have been just lovely and amazing and that's your podcast movie oubliette with conrad so i didn't realize how much of like a film uh you you love movies yeah i didn't well i mean I work with movies, so yeah. I kind of have to. So, <laughs> so I was wondering, did, which way did it go? It, is it? I guess I was originally thinking that maybe it was you love music and you love movies, and that's why you wanted to get into the sound side of film, or is it kind of the other way around that you you were getting into film and and so then you become more of a movie buff? Am I making yeah, sense? Yeah, I mean. I've always loved film, but it's it's definitely changed. When when I was in my twenties, I was a little bit, uh, I guess, pretentious about films. You know, I loved art house films and French <laughs> cinema and and Asian uh, surreal dramas and all that sort of stuff. It was very like, oh yes, yeah. so I, I go to film festivals and I I, I like movies and and Dutch and that sort of stuff. <laughs> but when I kind of grew older i i kind of got to appreciate like real trashy action films and <laughs> rom-coms and stuff so i actually really love all film now and i i even got into just terrible films like the worst films ever made that people <laughs> always say like this is the 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 most horrible film you've <laughs> ever seen you should watch it and i'll watch it and so i watch everything now um, and when, when I was studying audio, I really got into sound. Like, sound is something I never even thought about in film, and it was really, really interesting, especially when the, when they're recreating sounds uh, that are not the sound that you're, you're, lo- you're looking at. They're using a completely different object. Or um, if they're trying to make a sound that doesn't exist, like in the Transformers movies, which are horrible movies. They're terrible movies, but the sound <laughs> is amazing in them because they're they're robots that transform into cars and stuff that's not what you 
you see every day and right. and hearing it and hearing it being recreated with this soundscape is is really really interesting to me so i i got it i got into film uh from sound it wasn't from music at all it mm-hmm. was from sound it was from studying audio um that i got into sound so I don't I it's something that no one ever thinks about in the film. No right. one thinks, "Oh wow, the sound of that Schindler's list is so good." <laughs> I mean, those footsteps were so crisp. I, oh, I can't believe it. Like no one says that. Right? But I do. Yeah. Um and yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy. And and because of it, like I'm constantly in my every day, I will stop and be like, "Oh wow, that sounds really cool." And my <laughs> wife will be like, "What?" What sounds really good? Cool. Like, did you hear that? Like, <laughs> no. It's like, well, it sounds good. <laughs> and then I run, run into my bedroom, get get my um, recorder out, and come back and record it. And, and yeah, she thinks I'm crazy. But yeah. That so that's kind of, so that's kind of where. That, that's your passion right now is the sound design. Yeah. That's like your number one, like your favorite uh, kind of work. I mean, it, it, it is my favorite. It's not something that I end up doing a lot. So a lot of the times I do sound mixing. So sound mixing is pretty much just making it sound good. Mm-hmm. So uh, often it's cleaning up sound. So if dialogue has like a hum in the background or there's like, uh, some rustling sounds or noise, uh, some bumps or anything like that. So I have to go in and fix all those sounds up, and, and then I have to EQ all the all the dialogue so it sounds nice, so it mm-hmm. doesn't sound muffled like if the microphone was under under their clothing or something. Um, so sound mixing is what I pr- pretty much do mainly uh, in terms of work, and it's it's not fun. Mm-hmm. But it's it's logical and it's uh, it pays and it's what I studied. Right. So you know what you're doing. You're good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time it's it's very tedious. It's just like you have to go through and just go and, and fix up sounds and stuff like that. But it's something I do find quite meditative. I kind of get it, go into a trance and, and just mm-hmm. work at it. And suddenly like three hours have gone by and um, I don't know what happened. It's almost like I don't know fold, folding socks or something. It's it's something that's kind of repetitive and tedious, <laughs> but it's it's strangely enjoyable at the same time. Right? Yeah, yeah. I can I can see what you what you mean. Sometimes I yeah when I'm doing some sort of editing or something, but I have to just I can't have anything else around me. I can't mm. have any other. And then yeah, you just kind of get into it. I find with sound, it's 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 just very logical. Like it's it's obvious what you need to do to fix it, right? Uh, whereas with music, it it's it's so subjective. If someone asks for a change, right. it's like, well, I'm not entirely sure what you want, so I could do it like this, or I could do it like this. Right. But with sound, it's like you need to fix this and get rid of this noise. It's like, okay, I could do that. Done. It's it's, it's all very procedural and and. Yeah, logical. It's 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 something that you can't really get wrong, um, and so it's it's I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> so going back to creating music for other people versus creating it for yourself. So it, I I would assume that it's easier and more enjoyable to create the music for yourself, just what you're feeling and what you want to make, because it's it is so hard to kind of match 
people's. Mm. Yeah, I mean,、uh, I also have to point out, I I actually enjoy creating music with other people,、uh-huh. but or but also like. Um, like remixing、right. someone else.、Uh, so I mean, that's why hit recorders has always been so great for me because there's just all of the stuff that I can remix and I can go in and I can turn the sample into something completely different.、Mm-hmm. Um, I actually find it quite hard writing music entirely by myself. So entirely everything,、um, I find it more challenging than if someone just. Gave me a guitar line and said, "You should do something with this, and I will do something with it a much、uh, sort of more ease more easily than if I came up with it myself." Like I, I find coming up with ideas themselves is hard, right? But once I've got the idea, I can expand on it and it, I can、uh, make it grow. But starting off with that seed takes some time. Yeah, and it's always like. Trying it and then it doesn't work, and then trying something and it doesn't work, and then yeah, yeah, that makes that makes sense to me. It kind of eliminates the writer's block kind of thing is when you're building off of exactly. Yeah, it's like you're getting a starting point. So yeah, I want to talk, I guess, more about like getting work as a sound. What's the general title, sound engineer, or is it all every single thing is different? Sound mixer, sound. Yeah, so I, I generally title myself as either sound designer or sound mixer.、It、depends on the job, though. Right.、Uh, most of the time, it's I'm a sound mixer, so I'm just mixing sound. Are you completely freelance right now? So yeah, I, I, it's just the eternal struggle of a freelancer. You just never get enough work, or you get all the work. In two days、yeah. or something ridiculous. It's frustrating, but、mm-hmm. it's the joys of being a freelancer. I, I do also do、uh, casual shifts at a production house. So it's a production house that does produce TV shows, and it's all lifestyle shows. I don't, I don't want to say the the name of the production <laughs> house in case I get in trouble. But it's all lifestyle, so it's a lot of like、uh, shows where it's, it's like a vet show, or it's a, it's a zoo show where every episode they see what the zookeepers are doing,、sure. or it's a it's a show about teen mums or something、sure. like that. So、uh, it's all that sort of stuff, and and I do sort of casual shifts there at the moment. I am mixing a TV show that has twenty episodes, and it's、uh, another lifestyle show. So I do that as well. So on top of freelancing, I do that. And is all of that is all of your work in that? Is it all post production, or are you there during the filming of anything? Yeah, it's it's all post production. I will only do post production. I have tried doing location sound and、um, sound recording, and it's、uh, I don't know. You're you're pretty much a glorified. A mic stand,、right. really. You just have to hold a microphone for hours and hours and hours, and yeah, that I don't know. I didn't find that that、Fulfilled. enjoyable. Yeah, a lot of the time it's just waiting around. Like、right. movie sets are just not that interesting when you're a sound guy. <laughs>、uh, it's a lot of waiting around and then chatting to people that you'll probably never see again,、uh, and then holding a mic stand. I mean, holding a microphone for you know eight hours.、Right. The shifts are long as well. Like、uh, a film shoot will go from six a.m. 
till midnight and it's and you gotta be there yeah you have to endure yeah and a lot of people love it and and uh you know good for them them. but i i prefer i've always been a background guy i like to be the guy that just works at my own pace in my own space yeah and post-production sound is is something that is what's that word uh appropriate to my my character right it's it's independent work right yeah yeah now are you doing when you're when you're doing that for the production house are you doing your work at their place like you have to go there and do it there yeah yeah, so I have to. It's a, it's a bit of a commute. It's like an, it's like an hour and twenty minutes or something commute. Yeah. Uh, most I actually listen to a ton of podcasts on that commute. Yeah. Uh, not nosy included. <laughs> uh, so it's actually kind of nice to have that time to just sit and listen. Right. Um. But yeah, it's it's at the it's at the production house and they've got a studio and they've got nice speakers and right. stuff. Uh, they've got more expensive plugins than I have. So. <laughs> and then you do, you do your freelance stuff, and like you said, you also do like short films, like no budget, micro budget films. And is that just? Yeah. I guess how do you find your freelance work? Where is it coming from? Yeah. So I've I when I first started out, I I literally put flyers at universities. I would just go to universities, just put up flyers. Um, and initially I was just doing free work and that was fine. Uh, and then I started charging. And from then it's kind of just been word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is just word of mouth. So I will have a director um, call me and be like, oh, I got recommended from this other director okay. that I worked with. Um, and often uh, a lot of the work I do is, is with the same director that I've worked with before. Mm-hmm. So I've actually done quite a few of Amy's mm-hmm. films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just did one yesterday, actually. Did you? <laughs> uh, that was for, uh, it was a corporate film. So it wasn't it wasn't a narrative or anything. Uh, it was a corporate sort of advertisement. And yeah. Uh, so it's it's always kind of been word of mouth, and uh, I've had a few jobs from hit recorders as well. Uh, I've done stuff for a few people. Uh-huh. I don't know whether I should name them. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of builds. But I would I wouldn't say I'm 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 rolling in the the cash right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm barely surviving. Like it's 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 e- an eternal struggle to just stay afloat. Right. Uh, let it, let alone save for anything. It's mm-hmm. um, it's something that I feel like I'm my own worst enemy in that respect. Like I don't promote myself as much as I I should. It was only this year that I finally got a website. You up got and your running. website up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've finally got a uh, up to date showreel that I can show people because before I was. I had a four-year-old showreel that was just completely not <laughs> accurate to what my skills are right, right now. Uh, so it's it's I'm I'm yeah I'm my worst enemy. I'm just I think generally for myself I'm less motivated. If I'm working with other people, I'm very motivated, mm-hmm. and I think that's why I do like working with film and stuff because I'm always 
working with someone or for someone else mm-hmm. and they make me finish stuff. <laughs> if I didn't have them, I would never finish anything. <laughs> yeah, I was looking. I was like, oh, I wonder if he has a LinkedIn account. And I was like, no, can't find that. And nah. no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> is there a goal? I mean, would you want to have eventually like your own production house or something like that? Or is like, where would you love to to have your career be eventually? Uh, I mean, I would love to work for like an actual film, uh, film sound studio, mm-hmm. like being in a actual proper professional um, studio and and doing sound, um, and I don't I don't mind whatever role that is, whether it be a mixer or sound engineer or foley artist or foley recordist or ADR recordist or anything anything to do with the film that is to do with sound. I would be happy to mm-hmm. do that, and yeah, a big studio. I've never worked on a feature film yet. I've never worked on something that's like actually something that people will watch as opposed to, yeah, I'm working on this short film that you will never see because <laughs> it's it's not that good. But uh, <laughs> or it is good. Or, it, or uh, yeah, disclaimer, or it is good, but it's just not mass or, market. Yeah, yeah, it's not mass uh, distributed. Um, although Amy's film, I'm very proud that I worked on that, um, mm-hmm. her film Blackbird, Blackbird, which is actually mm-hmm. winning many, many uh, prizes and be the mini mini festivals mm-hmm. and she's doing very good things yeah yeah I, w- I would love to work on something like noteworthy uh, in terms of a feature film because a lot of feature films are, are filmed in australia even though they aren't australian films like a, a lot of the marvel films were filmed here okay a lot of big budget films are filmed in australia right and new zealand so there are sound there are some big sound companies around yeah i mean obviously the biggest sound company is is skywalker studios i think that's called you know george lucas's uh-huh. sound studio which is the best uh, probably the best in the world but uh, that would mean me living in la yeah <laughs> which i don't <laughs> his stuff is up in um moran county north of san francisco no we used to, I used to live really close to where his thing was. Ah, it was it was in Northern okay. California. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. I didn't yeah. know that. So you wouldn't have to be in LA. You could be like in San okay. Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not closer at all. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that you would move for a, a big job or you think you pretty much settled? Yeah. I would definitely move. Yeah. I would definitely move for a big job. It's it's just a matter of whether I could stay. Uh, that's all. Like, I, I would gladly move to Toronto or London or LA if if I could stay in those countries without being kicked, kicked out. Right. And to move back to... Yeah. So, it, it's... Yeah. I think it's... It's something that I really need to set goals and set a path towards because at the moment, or for the past, I feel like for the past few years, I've just kind of been floundering around, mm. like just floating around, not really being, not really doing much and, and getting enough work and enough sort of income to survive, but not really 
going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's something that is just a personal struggle that I need to just work on. Wow. I don't know. The talent is I there. The Wow. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> just take the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I... <laughs> It's it's incredible and um, and I do find you, you know I think you're definitely the person that I realize that sound design is a thing you know uh, they'll they'll mm. be um, videos on hit record and then I'll see that you post them and you'll it'll be whatever the film was and then you'll say with sound design and you've you know you've done the film and you've added all the sounds and it's like. Wow, I don't know. I think it's so cool, and I think and I know that you record a lot of your own stuff. Do you have a really big library? You keep all of your, you catalog yeah. all of your sounds. Well, it's most of it's cataloged. Some of it's just <laughs> folders of just lots of sounds that I have to sort through. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm constantly recording. I try for hit record especially. I try to record every single sound. Yeah, um, because hit record is. You know, I can't put copyrighted sounds on. I can't put sounds that are from sound libraries. Right. So I, I try to record every single sound that I use on that record. Yeah. Which often means I have to recreate sounds using other things, but um, it's it's the challenge. I like the challenge. But, yeah, I'm constantly, constantly recording. I have so many folders and, and hard drives just full of sounds. <laughs> And some of them I forget I record. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot I recorded that truck. That's great. I can use this truck in something. I I need to catalog them. There's so many things I need to do. So much housekeeping. No, yeah, believe uh, me. I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same. I do what I want to do rather than what I, you know, what I should necessarily be doing. Hmm, hmm, hmm. So that's your work. And then you've got, as we've mentioned, this podcast with Conrad, Movie Oubliette. Yes. And it's amazing. Yes. And oh, thank you. how many episodes have you done now? So at the moment, we're kind of recording in advance because we've got all these guests at the moment. Wow. So we're recording every weekend wow. in July. <laughs> so at the moment, we've, we've actually technically recorded 32 episodes. Right. But we've only released 30. Right. Uh, we're releasing the 31st episode today. Hey. Uh, but by the today, time. Today, but this, not really. This episode comes out. <laughs> I'm not sure. They'll be like, by the time this comes out, they're like, but they're on episode 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. We're I don't on know. our own. Um, we're on our own timeline over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's crazy how 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 many we've released now. It's like uh, I because I, we've only done it for just over a year. Right. We are very very strict with our releases though. Every single right. two weeks. Every we other week. Release an episode. And so, do you want to tell a little bit about the origin story of how you guys decided to get together and do that? Yeah. So I think uh, me, Conrad, and a few other hit recorders were just talking about uh, just the idea of releasing a podcast. And we had a few different ideas. We had a narrative podcast that we had thought of. and But me and Conrad have always connected in terms of uh, loving film. So we just thought, hey, we should just do a, a movie review podcast and we'll review uh, really obscure B-grade and, and underground horror, sci-fi and fantasy films. And then 
I, I have to give credit to Conrad as being the mastermind of pretty much all the great ideas of uh, Movie <laughs> Oubliette. Like, he ca- he came up with the, the title of the podcast. He came up with uh, kind of the premise of, of how we're, like, un- uh, reaching into the dungeon and pulling out these forgotten films and stuff. Uh, most of the jingles uh, are 90% Conrad. Like, he is the brains of the... Uh, <laughs> operation and I, and I and I just do the mixing you know I'm just the mixing guy I'm just the background guy um, but uh, it, it's been really great as well because um, both of us we'd only really released stuff on hit record and it was it was our first sort of foray into the real world uh, inverted commas so it was it was quite scary I was a little bit like apprehensive when we released our first episodes and I'm like oh my god people are gonna listen to me <laughs> because I'd, I'd never done sort of voiceover work before I've never talked right on a media format and put it out into the world so it was it was a big learning curve for us and it was a big uh, sort of jump into the deep end but it's a lot of fun and we we because we, we do jingles every single episode. Every single episode is catered to that movie. It's unbelievable. Um, not, the opening and, not the opening and closing jingles and not some of the segment jingles, but all the kind of in-between jingles are based on the movie that we do that episode. So it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And then we do, like, the sound design. I do the sound design for uh, when we take the movie out of the oubliette and when we throw it away. And, and then Conrad does the voice of the of the movies. He does this, uh, what we call helium voices. Oh, so yeah. it's just him pitched up. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, it's... it's it's actually quite a we do quite a lot of work uh, when I when I kind of talk about it. Every, it is every, a lot, uh, no, every, because every it is. Week. I mean, the two of you are kind of like yeah, sound masters, like you know. So so yeah. I think we we all knew that it was going to be very. It was going to sound amazing, but it's yeah that it's got such a strong theme and story to it and yeah like you said you're doing all of this custom stuff and it's it's incredible you know on top of actually having to watch the films and make all of your commentary and yeah we do a lot of research uh conrad does way more than i do uh, and he watch he watches the film um that we do each episode maybe before. two to three times yeah. uh, before and often i'm uh, watching with commentary yeah. i will generally watch it once uh maybe twice with commentary uh so conrad i feel like he does go the extra mile um, and i have to give uh, I have to say that Conrad really pushes me as well because he's so talented and yeah. so proactive and so dedicated and efficient with what he does. It makes me go, oh, I need to, I need to step up. Yeah, I, need I need to, to step finish up my this game. and I need to do this and oh, I, I need to be more interesting and I need to write <laughs> this and 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 yeah, he definitely makes me um, push myself and make me do better uh, with everything that we do for the podcast and it's i i i don't know i don't know whether i do that the same to him but uh (laughs) he he makes me a better musician a better sound designer a better uh speaker (laughs) yeah 
it's just congrats to both of you on it because I think it's it's so great and it is you you know you can see how much work it is and you are and just so consistent with it and then the promotion of it I I mean the thing that I've been really surprised with is is the guests that we get on I just I don't know how Conrad gets these guests but they're legitimate celebrities these are actors these are famous people on our podcast i it's 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 crazy mm-hmm. it's just crazy <laughs> it's awesome that's confirmation that you're doing something cool yeah i i hope so yeah i mean we've had a a, a hit recorder as a guest on as well sarah daly meadow forest on her record um, because she is also a filmmaker she writes the films that her and her partner produce and and they're great they're great little great horror films and i would love to collaborate with her one day on a film it would be really cool but um, she was yeah really lovely to have on on the podcast what episode was her episode because i didn't get to listen to that one yet that's the it's a haunting episode that's like uh episode like eight or something yeah no i mean just <laughs> yeah the haunting ago. yeah because i listened to a bunch uh last week because i get i get very behind on it and the film see i i like um the ones where i've seen the film especially yeah but i'm yeah. such a mainstream person i haven't seen most of the films <laughs> uh and i can't watch anything scary at all and so uh but i i was i really enjoyed the inner space one because that was a movie i definitely remembered from that was from such a fun movie yeah Yeah. it was so great to watch that we were just in hysterics talking about it like it It made me want to see it again but of course it's not on are, are you guys you guys are having to buy all these movies too yeah, well, I mean, Conrad's just such a, a purist. He will only watch uh, the movies on Blu-ray. Uh, so, <laughs> so, and uh, and I'm I'm fine watching it on DVD. But yes, we we often we have to buy them. So I have many DVDs now yeah. because of the podcast. <laughs> Maybe soon people start sending you their stuff for review. Have you gotten oh, any of that? That would be that would be the goal if we could get big enough for distributors and film studios to actually send us movies mm-hmm. that we could uh, review. That would be amazing. But we'll get there. We will get there. Is it hard for you to critique films? Like, I think I would feel bad. But that's just me. Like, I don't say, I don't do stuff like that. But do you feel I don't know. Is there anything if you're saying something bad about the film? I I know that a lot of these are technically films that just didn't do well in the first place. And uh, mm-hmm. but any thoughts on? Yeah, I mean, I I really, I really love watching review. Like I watch quite a few YouTube reviews of YouTube reviewers of film, mm-hmm. uh, and I really love watching the ones where they do a bad film. Like a terrible, <laughs> terrible film because it's hilarious. It's so funny. Um, yeah, I I feel like generally we try to have like a good overall discussion mm-hmm. about films as well. We don't just rip apart a film. We will even if it's the most horrible film we've ever seen, we're still gonna find the good things about right. it. Right. And equally if we find if we're doing a film that we love, like in the space, we'll we will still find the bad things about right. it. Right. And I, I find well I hope 
our podcast is more of a rounded view of films. Um, I don't like listening to a podcast or a review that completely destroys a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not enjoyable for me. Yeah. Uh, it, it just feel, it feels mean-spirited. Uh, I feel I, I like having a nice sort of open discussion. Yeah. And I, I really love it when Conrad and, and I have differing opinions as well because it's really cool to debate and, and to sort of argue our points and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I feel like even, even the best films that we've done, I still poke fun at. Yeah. And I think... Film is just subjective, though, you know, like... No, and I think it comes off very well. I think you guys do it very well, but I think it's... It, I'm just thinking, I couldn't I couldn't do that. I would be too nervous. Yeah. I would be... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we... There was a film we did, Pandorum, and I actually really liked it, and Conrad didn't like it, and he wanted to uh, throw it back in, and I wanted to release it. And then the writer of that film got in touch with us and said, hey, guys, really like the podcast. And then Conrad said, did you want to do you want to be a guest on our podcast and he said oh yeah and we had him <laughs> on a podcast and conrad felt so bad because he had just said all this negative stuff about the film that he wrote and then he was a guest on our podcast that was crazy um, but he was such a cool guy he was a really good sport and he was able to discuss films without that sort of pretension and without that sort of being insulted or anything he was he liked sort of discussing the flaws and and the things wrong right that's really something that's amazing and then let's see here see i'm moving my papers around okay so so on that on that podcast you introduced yourself as dan that was like one of the first times where you're using your your name right like out in the open online yeah yeah i think it was the first time i think it was the first time and that's when i decided Okay, people can use my name on the hip record now. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> because I was very, very secretive about that. I never told anyone right. my real name. And I would always tell them and then I would say, can you please not ever, ever use it on hip record? Right. Because I, I don't know. I think the internet is a, is a dangerous place. I think there are some really uh, crazy people on the internet and (laughs) (laughs) I like to have sort of a sense of anonymity and I do like to keep my hit record persona and life separate separate from my my real name life right and I I have two Facebook accounts I've got my Tinderlocks account I've got my Dango account Mm -hmm. and so I don't know I I think I think it's that's just what I do Right. And maybe I'm just being paranoid, but yeah, that's that's just what I do. Well, because I mean, I I went through a lot of very similar stuff. You know, I didn't same here, like using my name on this, and then using my name on you know, eventually having my my name out there. And but I think for me, it was more. I feel like I guess for me, I was doing more experimental stuff like weird like stuff that I was like a little embarrassed to have done you know like like some comedy improv stuff or just like weird random stuff and I felt safe behind behind like a username but Mm. I feel like everything I guess I was surprised about you because I feel like everything you do is so professional and so just 
um, you know, you're doing just all this amazing audio work and music and sound design. And it just seemed to me like, why wouldn't he want his name on that? You know, so that I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, for uh, the stuff I did on Hit Record, I mean, when I joined Hit Record, I didn't feel like I was professional at all. So I felt like I was still learning. I was still experimenting. Right. Uh, and so that's why I, I kept my sort of anonymous uh, name. And with with any of the film stuff that I do in, for short films and stuff, I will always use my real name. It's, it's almost like that's my professional persona uh-huh. and my fun on hit record is my Tinderlocks persona. And in saying that, uh, my music persona is, is a different name as well. So I, I use uh, um, the name The Wistful Snail uh-huh. and that's all my music stuff. And at the moment, uh, I'm... Uh, I am producing and, and recording an EP with Tracy, so trade in on her record. Mm. And, and I will, on the album, it's going to be, tra- uh, I think it's going to be trade in and the wistful snail. Okay. And that's, I mean, that's my music persona, and I will release all music under that name. I don't know. I, I, I kind of like it separated. I don't know what, what what's what's up with that, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, it, I think it, it, it keeps things clean i guess yeah that's hard for me i know that you i was reading that you always use the wistful snail and then you kind of landed on tender locks randomly for hit record or or it was you didn't realize that that was going to be like how everyone called you and i can't imagine yeah having another name besides tender locks and then yeah yeah i I mean it's a uh, tender locks is actually a really old username that i've been using for everything since i was like 16 or something uh and i came up with it before tinder existed so (laughs) i'm just kicking myself now like wow i don't even think of tinder and tinder locks i don't (laughs) yeah well that's good because i'm not a dating app okay (laughs) (laughs) and speaking of trade-in she was in the band together with logic as well right yes Okay, yes, she was. so there was this hit record collaboration with Logic, the rapper, yes. singer, songwriter, and the idea was to create this collaborative song and a short film to go along with it for YouTube originals, and they announced it, and they put it on hit record, and then uh, they're, they're like just starting to promote it, you know, that they're going to release the film, and there I see your face on one of the promos, <laughs> and I'm like, What? <laughs> And, yeah, and you're like, I yeah. guess we can talk about it now. And I was like, Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so the whole collaboration was, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make a song with Logic, and there were all these requests on Hit Record to contribute, and then they they kind of finalized the instrumental part of the song, and then they put out more requests for vocalists, and they got vocalists on it, uh, and then they they finalized it. They finalized this is the final track. And then they got in touch with all of us, and they said, "Oh, you, you have a, you might be in it, you might, you have a chance. And if you are in it, we're gonna send you to LA." Yeah, I was just like, "But what? <laughs> are you sure?" Because my part was so small; it's only like a five-second, maybe ten-second little glockenspiel line. And I and I thought, "Are you crazy?" 
<laughs> LA for that? No, that's, you're joking. But then they got in contact with other people and then um, they had this big Skype call and, and I didn't know it was going to be a big Skype call and I dropped in and it was, it was on Zoom and mm. it was all 22 of us, I think it was. And then Logic and Joe comes along on on the call and it was just like whoa what the what the <laughs> hell this is crazy and then he, he said a whole bunch of stuff and and of course no one takes it in because we're all just so excited and then he he says okay we'll see you in LA and then and that was it it was it was literally about a minute of of Joe and Logic and then what what just happened uh, and then they flew us to LA and we had to make a music video and do a whole bunch of interviews. And uh, I was in LA for literally four days. Wow. Surviving on horrendous jet lag. I was just exhausted the entire time. Like pretty much falling asleep by about 4 p.m. and then being completely wide awake at 2 a.m. So that was... Yeah, it was <laughs> it was tough. It was really tough. But it was just a, a magical, life-changing experience. Like it was it felt like a dream. And and then 4 days later, I was back in Australia thinking, did that just happen? Right. And then you couldn't I talk about it, it for a while and it was all <laughs> and so it was yeah, like it so, didn't happen probably. <laughs> yeah, because they they flew us to LA uh, at the end of November. I think I got back uh, the 1st of December or something and then we couldn't talk about it until the uh, documentary was released which wasn't until April I think <laughs> so oh yeah it was a good three month, three or four months that we just had to keep it quiet and we weren't allowed to tell anyone and we had to sign the NDA yeah so that's what happened but it was it was incredible meeting Joe and I got to meet a lot of the staff as well Uh, Matt Conley uh, Jen Giordano um, Jared Edward the Ninth Lexi who else was there um, Kerr, Kerr was amazing because I've had a few um, exchanges with Kerr. He's he's the uh, music sec- sort of second in charge in, in the music department mm-hmm. and audio uh, for hit record stuff. And yeah, it was great, amazing, amazing meeting him and finally sort of having a chat and talking about stuff. And Joe was Joe was just incredible he's he was really really accommodating he hung out with us the entire day the entire day he didn't he didn't run away to a trailer or anything he hung out with us right he ate lunch with us he talked to us uh it was incredible hanging out with joe and just like he was just like a normal human being he wasn't some yeah uh, lofty movie star or anything he was just a really 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 nice guy and yeah, I was I was rewatching like the little documentary about it yesterday, specifically looking for your face. And you were like on the call, you were just like some people are like going crazy, you know, and you're just like so reserved. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, the Zoom call, um, I didn't realize that what uh, you could do the grid mode. So oh. you can do grid mode so you can see every single person. Sure. So I was just trying to find that button because I could, it was just like faces <laughs> flashing, flashing, flashing. Oh, so was, whatever sound was, whatever, whoever was making sound was popping up on the screen and then it would. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's twenty two of us on the screen, so it's just like, who's this? Oh, well, I know that person. <laughs> How long were you on hold, like waiting before they?、Uh... Like, were you on the call and just sitting there? No. Well, the thing is, I was the last person before Joe and Logic came on. I was the last person to be added <laughs> because I was just waiting around and no one messaged me, no one called me. <laughs> I was just sitting on my computer, going, "I wonder when they're gonna call me now." Like, <laughs> and then they apparently they did a ro- roll call. Tracy was telling me they did a roll call and they went through everyone. It's like, where's Tinderlocks? With Tinderlocks, and then Tracy was like messaging me, like, "Why aren't you in this?" I, I, I don't know. No one's calling me. No one's messaging me. So I, I dropped in at the last minute, just before Joe and Logic、um, dropped in, and it's just like crazy chaos. There's just like a whole bunch of faces and voices coming at me, and then Logic and Joe drops in. I was like, "Ah,、oh, I can't find this button," and then it was yeah, it was. And then it was over. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> and then it was over. It's like what? What just happened? And what time was、uh, it for you? So it was like、uh, I think it was in the afternoon. It was like two p.m. Oh, okay. It wasn't like in, in the, the middle、afternoon. of the night or anything. No, no. I think, but Cam, like campaign, he was driving. Right. He was in the car, <laughs> and like I think Kearney,、uh, Mary Beth, she was on the bus or something. Yeah. <laughs> so people were all over the place. Like、uh, it was. Pretty crazy. Actually, one of the best, the most amazing things about the whole LA trip was meeting the hit recorders, the、mm-hmm. other hit recorders. So all the people that made it into the final track, because some、right. of these people I've been, I've been、uh, friends with on online for years. Like、right. Mary Beth, Tracy, I've met before because she came to Australia a couple of years ago, and、uh, like meeting Fox and Mew was incredible. Charlie. And then all the、uh, sort of new new people as well, and campaign was incredible to to meet in person.、Uh, that's、right. that was really just it's really hard to describe in words because you know you we've been collaborating together for so many years、right. uh, as long as I've been on the site like、uh, five years or something, and then being able to talk to them in person was just like quite surreal. It, it felt like it wasn't happening, and and then. I would be talking to Mary Beth and talking about saxophones, and I don't know. It was, it was. Yeah. It's really crazy because being so far away from most of the hit recorders in the world, I don't tend to come across them that much. Though you've met quite a few, I have to say, in either in have, their travels have, or、yeah. in your travels. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah.、Uh, it's it's crazy that people. Will travel to other countries to meet hit recorders,、um, right? Like so, yeah. A couple of years ago, me and my wife went to Europe,、yeah. and we went to UK, and yeah, I'm I got to meet Conrad for the first time, right?、Uh, the first and only time I was going to say first and only time, Conrad in person, right? In person, and Andy Ramone and Joe Rudd and and Sam、uh, Samurai was there as well, and、uh, Dick Kariyama and.、Uh, Who else was there? Oh, Gareth! I met Gareth. Oh yeah, I met、Did、Gareth. You, yeah,、uh, and he was hilarious.、Idiot. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Yeah, and yeah, that was just incredible. But that was like two years ago, and、yeah. I'm probably not going to see them for another two years, maybe. <laughs>
So it's it's crazy. Like I remember the first hit recorder I ever met was an Australian. So she's not on hit record very much, but um, her name's the Shuttersmith. She used to be mm-hmm. re- really yeah really active and doing heaps of really cool um like cinemagraphs and animation and stuff. I am I'm actually still friends with her. She still lives in Melbourne, mm-hmm. but at the time she she lived in Canberra and she came down to Melbourne for like uh, a visit. And I met her, and it was just like really weird because yeah. <laughs> I'd never met I'd never met anyone from Hit Record before, so it was right. just like wow, you're you're real, you're a real person. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess I don't know how many Hit Recorders you've met, but it still blows my mind every time I meet one in person. Right. Uh, less than you, probably. Well, but I I have a M Monroe one here. Uh, uh, if I would you know love him. to meet that guy. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> and we met He's one so day. Funny. We met at a park and he brought me like brownies and like a little yeah. like a little spaceship guy, a little astronaut guy, and just you know, yeah. it's cool. And but yeah, it feels like awkward and weird. Now the other people I met were in LA when I went for the Hit Record Short Showcase. And so there it's a little more like when you went to LA. It's like people are already there for this and there's like an energy and so I think it breaks yeah. breaks some of the ice whereas if you're meeting up randomly it, Yeah. You know. But no to to be honest though, when when I said it was weird meeting the Shuttersmith, I didn't I didn't mean it was weird. Oh, not like sh- awkward. It was awkward. Okay. No, no, it wasn't awkward at all. It was just weird. It's like wow, you're in person, like yeah, you're in front of me. Like I have actually never had an awkward moment with a hit recorder. The I every single meeting that I've had with the hit recorder has just been like the most amazing experience ever. Yeah. Um, just conversation flows really well. It it's really it's it's incredible because everyone is is very like minded. Everyone is an artist. Everyone is in in a very similar situation, and so there's so much in common. There's so much to talk about, and so I have had the best conversations with hit recorders. Yeah, and I think especially <clears throat> when you went to LA, what's cool is that you were all musicians so you naturally have all yeah, are very like true. very familiar with each other and have worked together and yes that's true that's true that's true and so did you expect that you were going to be doing something like making a, a music video so so in the in the documentary they they kind of play it out like it's oh it's a like a surprise. surprise no one expects it but me and Tracy already knew. Like, I'm pretty sure it was in one of the emails. Uh, Billboard had written an article that, that actually mentions that they were going to be making a music video. Like, I'm sure it was out there. It was out there, but I guess not everyone got the memo. So, uh, for a lot of people, it was a big surprise. But for me and Tracy, it's like, did we know this? I thought we knew this. <laughs> But yeah, it was still it was still an incredible experience, and for me, it was the first time I'd seen a proper, like American production. LA film film crew production. Right. I yeah, because in Australia everything's so micro budget, so low budget. Right. But over there, there it's it's not. Uh, and seeing that crew and that many cameramen around, 
uh, and that many sort of just people just giving out bottles of water and that right. was their job that's the their day. whole job they just went around keep them hydrated bottles of water yeah yeah <laughs> we were very hydrated was just yeah a completely different experience of what I've experienced in, in Australia just the the level of of efficiency as well like everything just seemed to be quite well organized although we so the music video we actually filmed in the desert uh in outside of LA and that day was freezing I in the saw, desert we I was, was looking so at what you were wearing cold. and then it looked like yeah. it was raining and it was. <laughs> I was like, that looks like terrible weather. <laughs> it was, it was apparently it was the first time it, it rained in LA in like four months or something. Oh, it was, and it was just torrential. It was, it was crazy amount of water and, and, and it was really, really cold because the desert out there is freezing right. compared to LA city. So we were shivering our asses off. And yeah, in the video, we're all wearing like puffer jackets and coats and stuff. Now, did <laughs> you bring? LA. Did yeah. you bring that? Like, did everyone bring their own jacket, or did they have to give get you guys all jackets? Or so we weren't really wearing enough. We were wearing jackets, but uh-huh. I could have been wearing more clothing. They were giving out these kind of heat packs as well, so oh. we could like put heat packs on. Yeah, like a real production. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I, I remember, like, Mary Beth was saying, like, because she she had this huge, like, puffer jacket and because she'd been on tour at the time in, in like, a completely different part of America that was actually cold. Right. And so she was, she, she was said that, oh, I'm so glad that I... <laughs> I brought this. Right. Um, so she was she was warmer. But, yeah, there were a number of things that happened in the shoot that weren't ideal. Like, uh, so Mary Beth actually pulled her back, I think, and so she was in quite a lot of pain during that shoot. Oh. Uh, it was really, really cold. I think Tracy said that she got, like, mild frostbite in her toes. Because really? she was she was just wearing open, open um open shoes oh. like she didn't have any socks on uh-huh. it was really wet yeah it was an interesting experience like it was it was quite grueling but at the same time like fun right but grueling <laughs> how many hours did it take like the whole that day so that day was a long day but we had to cram a a lot of stuff in because originally they'd scheduled two days So the first day was going to be interviews and meeting logic and stuff. And then the second day was going to be the music video shoot. But I think Joe had had to change his schedule or something. And so we crammed all of that stuff in one day. So we got up at like 4 a.m. or something. We had to be ready by 6 a.m. to be picked up and then go to the, the place where the interviews were being held. And then I think we got to the music video shoot at about maybe 4 p.m., 3 okay. p.m. But then we filmed till 9 p.m. Okay. So it was, yeah, wow. it was quite a long time. It was a long day, and I slept really well that day, that <laughs> night. <laughs> it felt really, really, really long. Yeah. But the food was good. Catering was great. Great catering. <laughs> You didn't have to be the guy holding the microphone the whole time. 
No, no. <laughs> but actually, every single person was mic'd up with like a lapel mic. Really? The whole day. So even when we went to the toilet, we had a <laughs> microphone and there was a sound guy listening to us pee. <laughs> so, uh, so no number twos that day. Um, <laughs> well, that's like, yeah, that's like a real, a real peek inside production from the other side. <laughs> so you mentioned you played the glockenspiel. Yes. I think maybe people won't know what that is. Like a xylophone, but metal and different. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's just a metal xylophone. Okay. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, pretty much everyone kept coming up to me and asking, oh, so what's a glockenspiel? It's like, is that a xylophone? It's like, <laughs> no, it's it's a glockenspiel. <laughs> it's really funny, though, because we got picked up from the airport. So me and, and Michael, Michael's uh, from Sydney. He's a Mickey P on Hit Record. We, they booked us on the same flight. So I, I had a connecting flight from Melbourne to Sydney and then I met Michael at Sydney and then we got on the same flight and we flew to LA. So a PA picked us up from LAX and the first thing he said to me is like, oh, so so you play the glockenspiel. Like, why did you decide of all instruments to play the glockenspiel? Like, that's you must be really, really good at the glockenspiel. It's like, no, it's... <laughs> not what I play. It's one instrument that I just happen to own. I play many instruments, but pretty much every single person thought I was just the most expert master of the glockenspiel. And that's, that's, that was my, my tool of trade or something. I, it was just ridiculous. Uh, also funny as well, because on the shoot, the glockenspiel that they got, because they hired all these instruments for us to like play, not right. really play, but you know, they rented pretend to play. instruments. Uh-huh. Yeah. But the the glockenspiel they hired for me was an orchestral glockenspiel, which is which weighs a ton. It's so heavy. So we had to. So there's this bit in the in the music video where we we we're taking out all the instruments from the van, right. and and then I get this massive, heavy as truck um, weighted glockenspiel that I had to pretend to dance around with. But it's like I can't even hold this up. This is <laughs> crazy and like Tracy was looking at me it's like dad what are you doing because it was just ridiculous and um and Cam was was saying how are you gonna play that if you have to hold it it's like I don't know <laughs> so I was just like trying to just wrangle this giant glockenspiel glock it was so you it was, would, yeah. what you were supposed to hold it like like just for the music video you're supposed to be dancing around with your instrument well, okay, so how, how the music video was supposed to go was we were all going to part. So the van uh, rolls up to the service station and we're all crammed in the back and then the, uh, the back opens and we all pile out. And then uh, everyone gets their instrument from the van. So everyone's got, you know, their guitars and they've right. got their drums and they've got their bass, bass guitars and stuff. And then I've got my heavy-ass orchestral glockenspiel uh, and then because we're supposed to do this kind of dance, we got there was a choreographer there, and we had to do this thing where we'd like go uh, like this, and then we do like a little spin. But we were all supposed to be holding Glock, uh, our instruments, but of course, my instrument weighs uh, as much as like two trucks and stuff. So <laughs> I was just trying to dance with this, and then eventually, like, Kerr came on. It's like, I think we should put this on the stand. It's like, yeah, I think we should put it on the stand. So he got a stand out, and I finally got some mallets, and uh, it was just, yeah. 
And then they cut that whole scene out anyway. So it's just like, wow, what a... I, I, I nearly broke my back trying to get, carry that thing. Oh, thank goodness for Kerr. Yeah, yeah, Kerr saved, saved me. Yes, he did. That's awesome. What a cool, what a cool experience. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a really great experience. Like, I, it was a life changing experience, and it definitely made me more motivated to to sort of aspire for more. Right. I, I felt like I, I had settled a bit, and and going there, it's like, oh shit, this is, this is what I could be doing, or this is the extent that a production could be like. And right. So, yeah, it got it definitely encouraged me. Yeah. That's amazing. So what's so what's next? What's immediately next? Anything new on the horizon? Uh nah. Nothing. Nah. <laughs> uh I mean apart from the T V show I'm mixing for the production house, uh because I, there are twenty episodes of that and um I've done eight. So Ooh. I've got twelve more to go. Yeah. So that will be pretty much my year. And I don't know. Obviously, the podcast. You've got your the podcast. Movie Sounds Ubiet. like there's a uh, lot of exciting stuff coming up with that, with a lot more yeah. guests and. Yeah, a lot more guests. Uh, which which will be fun to do. A lot of, a lot of really cool movies that we'll be covering. I mean, I've got ideas for other podcasts, but it's it's just a matter of whether I could actually stay on top of them as well. Yeah. Um, because movie Ubiet, it, it does it does take up a lot of my time. As much, uh, it's all very enjoyable. But it does take up a lot, so it's I don't know whether I could fit another one. I've got a whole a whole bunch of ideas for EPs to release this year uh, with certain other hit recorders. So at the moment, me and Tracy are doing one, so it's just like four songs, uh, and there are a bunch of other hit recorders I would love to do EPs with, just like four songs, just to release it and put it out there. Because I haven't had, I don't actually have much music. <laughs> on the internet apart right. from hit record and i don't have anything like finished on the internet mm-hmm. uh so i decided this year i should probably do that and, like because because people always ask me oh you've got music you're a musician do you have anything on, on the internet i can listen to it's like no <laughs> yeah, can, yeah but it's under a secret <laughs> name and you can't know about it <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> I'm extremely so, um, talented, but you can't see that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I've I've just got this problem with myself for not like putting stuff out there for some I reason. Get I get it. I just need to do it. I and then the EPs. Do, do you guys it. sell those, or do you just release them for free? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're gonna have it so uh, you can buy it on Bandcamp, but we're also gonna have it so it's on Spotify and iTunes and stuff. Uh-huh. So. Everything's on Spotify, and Spotify is virtually free. I mean, yeah. if you don't pay for it, it is free, uh, but it's awful. But um, everyone's got Spotify. So Yeah, but then so do you get music. any, when you put your music on there, do you do you get anything from them if people listen to it? Or, yeah, or yeah, you, you do you get, get some money. A penny, it's it's, it's a penny nothing. It's like, yeah, a penny yeah. a year, yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I heard there was a there was a band that released an album of just silence, uh, for them to and and then they they promoted it and promoted it and promoted it. It's like listen to this album, just put it on repeat. 
it's silence. You don't you don't even hear anything. Just put it on your phone, and they got a whole bunch of money for it. And it's it's insane. It's so cool. Like you can you can cheat the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've been I've been hearing people. They say yeah, just put it on. You know, just just hit play and like mute your phone and just let it run. Then I'll get. I do that for hit recorders actually. Like because I've got a playlist of just hit recorders, and I'll just. I'll just have it playing on repeat wow. forever. And I just <laughs> mute my computer or mute Spotify. But it's great. Yeah. I feel like I'm helping out. <laughs> That's your contribution to, yeah. to society. Yeah. But yeah, I've got I've got these EPs that I want to do and each person that I'm doing an EP with is a completely different musician. Uh, like in terms of style, style music. And, because uh-huh. yeah. Because music for me, I've always been very open to all sorts of music. Uh, I, I get bored just playing the same music over and over again um, in terms of like creating music. I like to try, you know, bossa nova or metal or punk or any, any style. Like it's, I've always been very open to all genres of music and, and it's, I, I kind of see it as a challenge as well. If I haven't tried a different style, I'll, I'll just see if I can. I like the challenge. Yeah. I'll look forward to, to seeing those come out then. Thank you. You're awesome. And you're also just so helpful to me with everything. And you give me advice on all the things. And uh, yeah, you've helped me a lot get this this thing up and running. And uh, so thank you. Yeah. Thank you for for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, no. And also, I just like I like helping people out anyway. Uh, I think I think this world uh, people need to just, you know, help each other out and give advice. And it, there's just too much, like, you know, self-promotion and, and, and you know, people trying to get ahead of everyone else. And yeah. I think you should just help each other out. Yeah, you, you sound like me. We specialize in working for free, right? It's like... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't have it all. <laughs> Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. There's so much that we can do for each other. And it, and it is nice to be part of a community that's so community minded and helping each other mm. out and creating together. Yeah, so. yeah. 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 I owe so much to Hit Record. I've, I've learned so much and I've, I've improved myself so much in all aspects of music and sound. And I've met so many great people. Yeah. So many great people. I, I feel like I talk to hit recorders more than I talk to real people. <laughs> so <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks for everything. I'll let you get to get to bed, and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, I'll, I'll hang on. You said I'll talk soon, and I'll just say like, thanks for having me. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Or something like that. This is this is what me and Conrad do all the time. We just like record stuff so that it, it makes just it better. Just little on the sound edit. bites. Yeah, just so that it's making just in case you need it. I'm gonna stop recording. Shall I stop recording? Yeah. I'll just say bye. <laughs> <laughs> if you need it. And now the part where I talk about everything we just talked about. Daniel, go, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. As usual, I've written out a couple of notes I wanted to talk about from the episode. Uh, At the beginning, he said he went from piano to flute, right? So did I. 
not nearly as successfully, but uh, I did grow up doing a lot of music from around eight or nine years old through high school, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I ever really enjoyed the music part of it or part of it was social once I got older, but uh, it didn't stick, that's for sure. And my husband has never taken a lesson and has much more of an ear and talent for it than I do, but uh, it was really cool to hear about Dan's musical beginnings and uh, he was obviously super gifted in the music from the start and just very driven on his own and you know we talk about we talk about college a lot here and people's different paths with school and I really liked hearing about how he went back to school at 24 and it was the right age the right time the right maturity level to do it he kind of had time to figure out what he wanted to study, which I think is so hard when you're so young. I would have loved to have the experience of being in college, (laughs) university, with a few more years of life experience under my belt first. But, you know, whatever. Still worked out. I keep coming back to this idea that he talked about how collaborating with people in real life has all of these extra complexities to it. So it could be scheduling, traffic, parking, or in terms of a podcast like this one, even just audio feedback from microphones, multiple microphones, and being in the same room. And that's something I hadn't really thought about in that way. It's cool to think about how by recording individually, we're practically in our own sound booths. And of course, by collaborating online, we're able to do it in our own schedule and time. And then thinking about, wow, how much art is able to be made right now that couldn't have been made before just by having this ability to work independently on your own schedule and still collaborate online. And of course, I know Dan Tenderlocks through Hit Record. And wow, I had never... (laughs) The sound design. The sound from from Schindler's List is so good. (laughs) I... (laughs) He really does so. He is uh, both fascinated with and very talented at sound design. And it's something I never even thought about until I knew him, met him online, I guess. He's mixed some stuff for for the comedy podcast. I've mentioned it before in the past. We made up a a podcast on Hit Record called Pod Pass 1991. It was basically a pilot episode or a proof of concept of a, a comedy podcast that's like sketch comedy and uh, it was it was basically parodies of of stories from a specific year in the year that we did was 1991. We had one sketch that was meant to be a clip from the Tonight Show, and oh my gosh, how he was able to get the right song in there, the applause, the overall sound, and it made it sound like a real late night talk show. Unbelievable, professional level stuff. We had several sketches that he got involved in for the sound design and just overall making it sound good. And I could tell you the difference of what we were giving him and the final product that he was giving back to us, amazing. And we did mention some work that he's done on some small films and we mentioned the name Amy. So we're talking about Amy Batalabasi, who is from uh, the previous episode, episode 11, of this podcast not nosy and she is so interesting if you haven't caught that one yet as i was editing this episode and listening back and i'm hearing tinderlocks going he's giving me some really good like hmm 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 like really really making me feel like i was being very insightful giving me some some (laughs) 
I never heard anyone do that to me before. Like something I was saying was really making him think. <laughs> More of that, please. And you've got to check out his podcast, Movie Oubliette, if you haven't already. The production quality, amazing. Conrad and Dan are so fun to listen to and some of the nicest people. Uh, they've created this whole world with this podcast, the custom jingles. You can tell the amount of time and effort and just kind of love that they put into making this podcast. And even even just the effort they put into coming up with new adjectives to describe films in every episode so original always fresh and creative and uh yeah i think you'll really enjoy that that's movie i'll spell oubliette for you it's o-u-b-l-i-e-t-t-e and check the show notes i'll link it up and finally we talked about how dan made all the music for this podcast and how he sent me so many versions to listen to before we landed on the one that we're using and so with his permission i'm really happy to share some of the versions of what could have been and never were draft theme songs for this podcast much for listening find us at notnosy.com at notnosypodcast on social media and you can email me at notnosypodcast at gmail.com love those five star ratings and reviews on apple podcasts and hey if you like the podcast tell a friend thanks see you later bye